Welcome back to Board to Sell. This is Jim, and I'm, of course, as always, joined by Kai. Yeah, welcome back, guys. <laughs> Sorry, it's been so long. I know we said we were going to be here more often, but that's 99.9999999% my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically our, our schedule of trying to record a podcast has been about once a week. I will go, hey, you available? And then Jim will be like, I'm not available, but can you do these days? And then we forget about doing a podcast until whenever I next say it. So it's been a bit mad. Yeah. So um, a couple things before we get going too far. Um, if you're in the south of the U.S. Um, and you're pro um, the jackass in office, you might want to stop listening right now. And if you're an anti-vaxxer, you might want to stop listening right now. And if you're one of the dickheads who are in favor of all the crap that just happened in, let me think, I got to remember all the damn states that are doing it now. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, and what was the other one? Arkansas? Basically, I don't remember. If you're into the um, we hate women trend going on right now, or you've ever thought of purchasing a red hat, you might want to turn this episode off. <laughs> Yeah, basically, because uh, we're going in on it this one. Because uh, yeah. things need to. Be I, I know I'm quite I'm quite annoyed with all the shit going on, and Kai's down, downright livid. Yeah, uh, I've uh, never really been very open about it, but I very heavily follow the uh, uh, pro-choice movement in America and a lot of the issues and complications that you were already having before all this started. I've been following it for about a year, a year and a half, and I was like, if one more bad thing happens, I might actually just quit my my career path that I was going to work towards and go over and campaign in America and just try and sort issues out myself because this is a shit show and someone needs to go over there and sort things out. So yeah, this is yeah, and an the, the fact that you're calling the fact that the fact that you're calling it a shit show. Mm. Is saying something considering you're going through the country that voted to leave the EU. Exactly. Like, we've just had Ireland recently become more pro choice. And honestly. Which is America if, because, what was it, the 70s when it was still illegal to have an abortion there? Yeah, it's, it's like that. been a very rough situation with Ireland and their, their beliefs on abortion. So to make such a monumental step forward that nobody really thought would happen because of some of the politicians' stances on it. It was quite interesting to see it happen. For then everything to take so many steps backward in Western society on abortion, it's genuinely infuriating. Yeah, as uh, everybody knows that... uh... Uh, she's been on the podcast before, but Alex lives in Georgia, and I've had the discussions with her about this, and she's literally just so aggravated with the bullshit going on that I'm surprised she just hasn't had a full breakdown down there about it. Because yeah, it's, uh, it's quite weird. Are just indoctrinate, indoctrinating their religious belief into law. I, I don't know if it's maybe where I haven't been looking as much, but I feel like... For the past couple of years, every year, there has been sort of a point in the first sort of half of the year where there's been a big political movement where people go out and protest and and fight for their rights. But I haven't noticed this as much with the 
pro-choice movement. All of this has happened, but I, I haven't been noticing as much of a, we need to go and fight for our rights right now. We need to go and fight for men to not decide what happens to our bodies. Which yeah, and normally, yeah, and normally being in New York, this is a very liberal state, as people would assume, because New York and California, I think, are the poster child for poster children for liberal states. Um, and we always shake our head or face palm at the shit that happens in the South. This time we're just pissed. We're, yeah, we're the- literally going after going after our senators and congressmen and for the federal government to try to at least go on the federal level and knock these laws down. Yeah, and and it's quite... But the whole tactic is because the Republicans want to get Roe versus Wade overturned, and since they have the majority in the Supreme Court right now, that's what they want to do. Yeah, I think there's definitely no nuance in this conversation. There's no humour in it like there usually has been with other debates that have been going on in America. I've definitely noticed that, that this is become very serious very quickly and there's no light way to take the side either side like you can't just be slightly pro-choice or slightly anti-abortion because i don't want to call them pro-life because they're not pro-life they're they're anti-abortion that is what they're no they're anti-choice they want you to do what they want you to do and not have an option to not do that Mm. and there are there are so many arguments and steps to what is going on right now that are so important that are not being thought of on on the political side there are so many aspects of why why this is so dangerous and and why this is sending women back so many years and why this is sending politics back so many years and it feels very um ancient what's going on right now well since uh 2016 when a certain election happened i think my country's been slowly regressing to the 1950s yep unfortunately i thought that was only happening in other continents but it it seems like it has spread which is very unfortunate hate hate and stupidity which is also along with hate but um that's what's come to take over basically all over the country and the world right now because everybody's all fearing the Muslims and all fearing the gays and all fearing abortion and all fearing anything that they don't think is the way everything should be. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I have been very much personally touched by abortion in my life and I'm very open to talk about that if you're happy with me talking about that on the podcast but you know my rules whatever you're comfortable with so I know many people that have had abortions I know people that live in America that have been touched by women making the choice to have abortions I work with people that have had abortions and over the past year I don't particularly want to hone in on when I had it because I don't I'm not very mm-hmm. open with it but I I chose to have an abortion myself and it has been very hard to recover from and I was already very pro-choice before then and I was very of the perception that I never wanted to naturally conceive my own children and 
to be honest, it just solidified my views a lot more. Mm. It definitely solidified my my political stance on it and made me want to fight for those rights even more. And I think that's why this is such an important debate is because the women that have actually had to have an abortion, they they know why it's so important. And people that that know of someone close that has had one, um, it's it's genuinely gutting. It's yeah. it's very hard to watch because um, you guys didn't and, have perfect and, laws as it was, and there was mm-hmm. lots of things that needed to be worked on, and for so much more to be added on top of that, I I don't see you guys fully recovering from from the damage that has been done. So, we say might, you get we might be by the end of my lifetime. I think that in 20 years' time, we'll still be seeing the effects of, of these moves. Oh, I, I'm sure we will, when most of these fuckers that have done all this are dead. Yeah. Because let's face it, it's old white guys. Yeah. And that's coming from, a, I guess technically now I'm considered a middle-aged white guy. But these fucking uh, wrinkle-having, experiencing Jim Crow laws on the uh, white side of things, motherfuckers down there are all making these laws. And I'm not yeah. saying which way I am as far as abortion goes, whether it's whether I think that women should have them or not. Yes, I do. <laughs> but like I was saying, it's none of my fucking business what Kai does over her vagina. The only yeah. time I take issue with it is when women use it as birth control, which is a whole different thing. Yeah. But they still have the right to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I will be honest, for a while I took the stance of is, you know, if something bad happens, if the worst case scenario happens, I'll just have an abortion. It's okay. And I had a very yeah. cold stance towards it. But when you go for an abortion and you go through that process, there are so many hidden factors mentally and emotionally that you don't realize that you're going to have to experience. And and when you were going through everything, we were talking and discussing everything and whatnot. And you know how I felt about it and how much I was trying to support you as much as I could, especially when your body was having the uh, revolt afterwards. Yeah. And so the funny part is, is the, uh, the day before I, I chose to go through for the second appointment that sort of ended my nightmare because it was a nightmare for me. I couldn't live a normal life and yeah, it was just living hell. Um, I, I made a video that I was going to post online about my experience mm-hmm. and I was so very close to posting it. But I just felt like things weren't ironed out and I wanted to speak with more experience of going through the physical side of it mm-hmm. and being out the other side. And if you guys want to have a rational, reasonable debate about it, not just saying anything negative, you can message me. I'm sure Kai would be willing to have a yeah. proper, mature discussion about it. But, but if I you believe- start getting shitty about it, you will get blocked. Yeah, I believe that there is a necessary conversation there. I think that the reason that this is going, this is progressing so quickly and so many states just one after the other are just tumbling like dominoes. They're all the red states. 
No, it's because we're not having a conversation and yeah. we aren't communicating with people and trying to explain why we feel abortions are necessary at times. Or well, part of that's because why, I'm in a country where thing. anything talking about sex is fucking evil and we don't discuss that here because everybody's so fucking prude. Oh, don't I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely baffling. I, I mean, we are the country that was started by the people that were so prude the Brits told them to get the fuck out. <laughs> but honestly, I think that there is room for hope. There is room for belief that that conversation will be started up. But I think that this will only be fixed when that conversation happens. When people start saying, we need to be more open, we need to try and understand people from different perspectives and different walks of life than our own but that's not happening right now and mm -hmm. I just pray that it's sooner rather than later and that there aren't too many girls that have to suffer because of this because girls will suffer and I think unfortunately in those states suicide rates will go up and, yep. and, as and that's, wants, the, that's from illegal abortion not even just from that, because I know when I was going through the process of thinking, what if abortion wasn't legal here and I'd have gone through what I went through, I would have happily have ended my own life if I had have had to take that pregnancy through to giving birth to a child. I wouldn't have done it. I would have happily have lost my own life mm -hmm. because of not wanting to have to go through that. And yeah. there are so many reasons as to why I would do that. And also it does worsen women's mental health. Yep. Um, and we've already had discussions in previous episodes about the mental health issues that you you face and deal with, which I know yeah. is a majority of, of your reasoning for not wanting natural children. Yeah, because unfortunately with my condition, if there are any potential mess-ups with environmental factors or social factors, if I were to have a child naturally, they're, they're five times more inclined to have my condition if, if I naturally have my own children. I'd never wish that upon a child because I, I had to go through the system 10 years without diagnosis and it nearly killed me. And I could never wish that upon another child. And also, there are a lot of kids in the system that have mental health issues that are just left to the side and, and left in a, a foster home until they age out the system, which mm -hmm. is disgusting. But yep. I, I think that we need to be really careful with what this is going to do to the mental health industry for young women because it is mm -hmm. going to affect young women. And also the, the minorities... People of yeah. dif different ethnic minorities, <laughs> people of different different ethnic minorities, are going to be severely affected by this. Which in America they already have a diminished ability to receive yeah. proper health care. That they're all they've already so, been yeah. kicked down, and now they're being spat on whilst they're down. That's what this yeah. is, and yep. it's disgusting. And as someone that wants to work in the mental health industry. I mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it would be like being an American counsellor right now in, in the red states because 
Before this, it was tough. Before this, most states or a variety of states only had one abortion clinic in the state, if that in some cases. And I've watched very many pieces about how abortion was a couple of years back for America mm. and how yeah, many places yeah. that needed to be worked on that was severely impacting young women and severely impacting so many people, the families that this is affecting, the mothers and fathers that are having to watch their their daughters who may have been sexually assaulted in in some cases, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. And they're having to watch them go through absolute agony because mm-hmm. some white guy in a suit says they know their body better than their little girl. No, that's not okay. Yeah. And just from a personal standpoint, um, the other thing that I was concerned about when you told me what was originally happening before you meant, went to the full decision to terminate, the other yeah. thing that I was terrified of is because I know you and your mental health history very pretty well in depth, um, I was terrified because I knew that if you did have a baby, number one, I knew that just having the baby in general would have been a real big uh, strategic blow on your mental health. Not to mention that I know that you would probably be most likely of anybody I know to have postpartum severely. Yeah, definitely. And and also, I wasn't financially stable. Say, yeah. I was in this happy scenario where, oh my God, I really want kids. It's like a dream come true. That kid would have come in mm. nine months' time and I would have been too broke to take care of it and I'd be in debt, which would then worsen my mental health, would then worsen it a child's life and it'd probably go into the, the care system um, yeah. I, I just see that as selfish yep and that's why I was really respecting and very proud of the fact that you came to that much mature of a decision that you weren't ready and it wouldn't be good for the kid no matter what happened and I, like you were saying I know people are going to say well you still could have given it up for adoption but growing up in foster care its whole life isn't going to help either yeah because also it's going to have these it's possible to have the mental health issues and not know where they came from then yeah yeah exactly and I I couldn't throw a kid into the system like that I want to Mm -hmm. help kids get out of the system I I don't want to contribute to that problem because it is a problem right now we have too many kids that need to be adopted or need to be fostered of mm-hmm. so many varying age levels as well. People just take this as like, oh, there's some babies in the system that that you can raise for your own. No, there's so many teenagers. I know so many people that have been in the fostering system. I know a girl that most likely had BPD like myself, who was 17 and in the fostering system. And her arms were basically wrist to shoulder purple with thick scars. Mm-hmm. She had multiple breakdowns in classes and she was a mess because of the fostering system. And it's not just me saying, oh, well, she had these issues. It was clearly because of the fostering. No, she she physically said to me that she had so many issues because of because of being fostered Mm. and that it, it had impacted her mental health. And they're just palming it off as though 
it's just this perfect option that oh well if if they really cared about about these children they're getting rid of then they'd just have them put them in the adoption system no because yeah a lot of us know what that system's like and we'd never wish that upon whatever we've got in our system yep and i'm not we're not saying that everything that goes on with the adoption system is flawed but there's quite a lot of bad stories out there i'm not sure i wouldn't even joke and guess a percentage but you're getting a lot of bad versus uh the uh, i'll say majority good but there's kids that are getting lost. There's kids that are going to people that shouldn't have foster kids or their own kids. Um, even though this is a kind of a jo- kind of a joking type example, um, I remember there was a movie um, years ago. I'm trying to remember what the hell movie it was, but basically these people just fostered a whole bunch of kids and made them work in their their family business, and their one blood kid was the supervisor and didn't have to do anything and they worked the uh, foster kids to the bone. Yeah, and I know people here that that do it for money, do it for benefits. Mm-hmm. They um and it got to the point where one of my best friends in secondary school her family couldn't survive without having I think they had five kids in the mm-hmm. from the foster system in their family uh, because yeah. It it just they couldn't financially live without having these kids because of the benefits and the financial yep. bits and bobs they got from having those children in their family. And yep, there that's are very common here that, too. Yeah, there's a lot of people that abuse the system, and not only that, but those that don't find that person that loves them and that wants to adopt them or wants to at least take care of them until they're old enough to do their own thing. They usually mm-hmm. end up in prison. They usually end up abusing substances or alcohol. Mm-hmm. And they don't have this amazing life that we make out the the system to be. That mm-hmm. they they find some amazing person that totally gets them and then mm-hmm. A long way down the line, they finally are like, oh, be part of my family. No, it, it doesn't work like that for a lot of them. It's, yeah. it's very, very sad. And yeah, it's yeah, and, and just to be fair, even though these are the three states that have so far done stupid shit like this, um, we're not just picking on these southern states. We're picking on all these motherfuckers that are trying to take away t- rights away from women over their own body. Yeah. Definitely. And and not even just these states that are trying to get rid of abortion, but these states that have abortion, but are making women jump through so many hoops that it is impossible for them to have abortions, but saying, but it's still legal, though, guys, you can't complain. So, yep. for example, you guys have a lot of organizations or Christian charities that pose as abortion clinics and mm-hmm. just are there to bully women into keeping babies. And yep. to force them to look at fetuses and to force them to hear the heartbeat and say, you don't want to get yep. rid of that, right? You're not that cruel. You're not that horrible. That's not okay. Just because you're saying, well, some states are still pro-choice, that doesn't yep. mean that they're that much pro-choice when you yeah, look at see, the policies. And what I've, actually, I've actually, in my lifetime, had a friend who 
had made that choice too to end the end the pregnancy, and she had to have a, a physical or mechanical abortion. It's called because it's actually them having to go in and explant the fetus, as opposed to a chemical one, which just causes the body to reject it essentially. Um, yeah. But when she was originally going to her G I uh, O B G Y N, her O B G Y N was trained to do them. But the practice she was in wouldn't allow it. But the OBGYN was cool and told her, we can't do it, but if you go to this Planned Parenthood, and I'm not going to say even where, just because I don't want to give any hints on where they, who they are. But if you go there, they will, they will perform them. Just tell them you were referred by me, um, and they'll help you out with everything. And you're not going to go through the same song and dance as if you went to any of the other places you could find. Um, and I know that's another big topic in America is defunding Planned Parenthood because it's an abortion clinic, which it's not. Yeah, but abortions uh, are less than three percent, I think, of their total their total procedures. It's not even just the we should not we should not fund them because they're an abortion clinic. It's that it's seen as though they're this like spawn of Satan, and mm-hmm. they're there to to burn America to the ground and it's like no this is such a fundamental thing even if you do say hey let's take this from a they're an abortion clinic stance Mm -hmm. they still deserve funding they still deserve to give these women help if those women ask for it if someone is asking for assistance and it's medical they should be Mm -hmm. allowed that they should be entitled to that no matter what and I'm a big believer in social health care, such as like every other world power has. Um, not to mention the fact that I'm chronically ill. I have several different chronic illnesses. And all of those chronic illnesses, if I didn't have health care, would be impossible to uh, maintain. I know I've talked to Kai before about the cost of like my medications and some of my other stuff. And every time I've been in the hospital, the cost of what it was to the insurance company. And I've had no insurance before too, which is why I'm almost three quarters of a million dollars in medical debt. So it's just ridiculous that these women are being denied the care that they need. Because like I said, abortions, I think are less than three or 5% of the total procedures done at Planned Parenthood. Most of their procedures are prenatal and um and uh women care just general women's care as far as detecting cancers uh informing them of different options um doing things like their pap smears their mammograms um helping people if they want to start a family helping with family planning all of that stuff so to um basically i'll i'll give this example You're going, and I'll give it for the red staters too, okay? Because this will be the best example I can give them. Okay. Imagine you all are watching some NASCAR, and (laughs) the driver doesn't have paint on his door, so they disqualify the car. Now, are you going to take the car out of the race because he don't have paint? Okay, that was my shitty southern impression, but (laughs) you get the idea. It's you're 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 not supposed to shut it down because of one thing that you don't like. That's not. That's not democracy, that's fascism. Yeah, and and that's, I think, why I have always been so vocally pro-choice, is because mm-hmm. I, I 
believe so much in democracy and that we need to stand up for democracy because it is taking a bit of a beating at times in the past mm. five years. And this really shows it. This really takes the biscuit of showing that we're not as democratic as we like to claim we are. Yeah. So, and now just to transition from one happy topic to the other, and I told you, <laughs> anti-vaxxers, I'm coming for your stupid asses. Um, <laughs> or as we like to call them in the, the pro-vax community, fucking pro-pleggers. Um, and before anybody comes at me, the reason why I'm so pissed right now is if you've looked at any of the reports about the measles outbreaks in the U.S., look what state's number one right now. With about, I think it's, I think we've topped... 400 cases now in New York State. That's ridiculous. Um, and just to further this up, there's three areas in New York State that are having the biggest outbreaks. Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Don't worry, I'm not running halfway from there. <laughs> Rockland County, New York, which I'm 30 minutes from the border of. And Orange County, New York. And guess where I live? Come and on. although they all started in those communities because it it came through the Hasidic Jewish community. It's not only stuck with them anymore because obviously the anti-vax kids are getting measles now too. And I've talked about it before that I'm very immunosuppressed. And if you guys don't understand what I mean by that, I'm on two drugs that called Remicade and Methotrexate. Remicade's a last line of defense drug for rheumatoid and most autoimmune diseases. That's why I have to go get an IV every eight weeks for four hours. And methotrexate they give to autoimmune disease people and chemo patients. So much so that when I go to the hospital, they put, usually put me on the chemo floor if I'm going to need my methotrexate while I'm there. Um, because only those nurses are allowed to handle it. Um, so, and not to mention the fact that I'm diabetic, which also makes your immunocompromised. So there's a good reason why I'm pissed, especially because of the fact that I had measles as a baby. I've also had uh, mumps, which I know that's unheard of now, but back off. I was born in 81. <laughs> um, and I couldn't have the MMR vaccine until I was, I think at that time it was a year or 18 months. Um, and I had them both as a like less than a year, one year old. And then I've had the vaccines, but just to give you an example of how scared I am and even my doctors are, my rheumatologist told me to talk to my doctor about it, but I just called my primary or GP or I don't know if you guys have a special uh, different term in the UK. We but, um, just have GPs and then you get referred yeah. to someone else. Or if you want to be fancy in America, your internal medicine physician but Ooh. I just had to call mine and talk to the nurse, and they are actually just put in the orders today for me to go get blood work to have all of my vaccines tighter to see whether I need any of them again. And also, by the end of the summer, my rheumatologist is giving me the newer shingles vaccine because I wasn't able to get the old one because it was live vaccine. You don't give live, uh, live virus vaccines to people with a oh, crap immune system. But now they invented the new one, although there's a shortage now. Um, and shingles is another one that, uh, you, you can have the virus in you because if you've ever had chicken pox, that's how it gets to you. The herpes zosters virus. Um, but 
shingles can be vaccinated against. And I've had chickenpox six times when I was a kid, which I know the, the myth is, oh, you only can get it once and then you're good for life, which is bullshit. You, if you can get it as long as it takes before your body builds up the immunity. Um, and I know other people have had it four, five, 10, 12 times even. So, and none of them have autoimmune dis- or disorders at this point. So you can't just blame it at, at that because also I didn't get diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder until I was 28, uh, 27, sorry. So as you can tell, I'm a little terrified of what's going on right now with that too. And I happen to be in a pro group on Facebook, which um, if anybody's interested, you can look it up. It's a closed group, but you can uh, apply for to join it we this is the most lovely name in the world <laughs> the name of the group is sounds like you're shilling for the teeny tiny coffin industry <laughs> jesus so Christ. and and we're always taking the piss out of the anti-vaxxers as well as whenever they have a poll going on we make sure that we properly vote for it <laughs> um but just some of the shit that they you see screenshots of people saying, and they believe this in their whole heart. Yeah. And, and not I, just, and not just the stupid vaccine to cause autism shit. Like there's shit that I don't know where the fuck they get it from. Yeah. Unfortunately, I follow a lot of it. So a fun fact about me is, um, I watch a lot of, um, varying genres on YouTube. And one of the things I'm really into is the debunking of pseudoscience and peddling of, fake panaceas um so there's so many brilliant content creators that can talk brilliantly about things like anti-vax movements like jeff holiday and miles power who's a fellow brit as well who i absolutely adore he's so sweet but he's a chemist and he usually takes like a, a chemical stance from it and there are i found the the anti-vax movement has kind of come from a place of everyone, like, when you were growing up that was into homeopathy is now into anti-vax. So people Mm. that believed in taking those little sugar pills and essential oils, they're probably the people campaigning for don't stick chemicals in my children. And it's not only that that is the problem now as well. With anti-vaccination comes a lot of anti-other things so Mm -hmm. there's something called MMS which is a bleach and there's a lot of debate around people that are pro-MMS that that believe oh it's not like Domestos bleach so it's not actually a bleach no if you put it on your clothes it will lighten your clothes it's a bleach um and that's not even looking at the chemical stance of it definitely being a bleach. Yeah. Um, and it started as this movement where um, it could cure things like malaria. And it's mixing two chemicals together that when they react, they, they have allegedly this healing property that they do not. And unfortunately, it's still being used in a lot of third world countries. And mm-hmm. they're very slippery and they have like a, a cult called Genesis 2. And usually when you're listening to 
anti-vax documentaries, aid denialism, AIDS denialism documentaries, um, you usually hear a lot of the same names going around. And there's just this obsession. It's they've they've got to find the thing that proves that they're right. And it's borderline terrifying now because they're getting to a point where they're putting that cost of being right on so many people's heads. It, it's coming at the cost of lives now. And mm-hmm. they're still in the wrong. Despite yep. all that, they, they're still uh, uh, barking up the wrong tree. And, and I can understand where they're coming from. It is terrifying that we rely on things that we don't fully understand to make us better and to save us and to help us live longer. So naturally, we're going to be sceptical. We're going to be scared of what everything entails if we don't understand it ourselves. But you have to put some faith into the pharmaceutical community. Sure, you can say, look at all of these bad things they've done. That there must be some corruption there, but ultimately they they do have our safety in mind because otherwise they wouldn't have come to be if they never had our safety in mind. Mm-hmm. It, it's just genuinely terrifying because yeah, and that... a lot of these people hold hand hand with MMS, with turpentine therapy, with urine therapy, ozone therapy. So with black things. salve oh black salve genuinely makes me feel sick mainly because there is a huge community that put black salves on animals mm-hmm. and if you don't know what black salve is it is this <laughs> they believe it's sludge that, that doesn't do shit well it does more than shit it, it basically burns holes into you yep. and They believe that they're burning out tumours when, in fact, they are just destroying their skin and not curing whatever tumour they're trying to get rid of. And the high majority of them decide to do it to their animals. And there's lots of information of very, very sick, very, very poor animals coming around that it, it breaks my heart, honestly. Yeah, in the group I mentioned before, um, a couple weeks ago, somebody took, um, uh, like, shared a uh, post they found in one of the anti-vaxxer groups they were in, and it was a it was a black salve group, and the woman was posting pictures of her husband. Her husband had advanced melanoma. You could see it because it was everywhere, all over his upper yeah. body, up on his face, neck, head, everything. And they were black salving, and she said, now it's gone to the lungs and everything else. And she's wondering, she goes, I don't want to go to the doctors because he's already, he's stage four, and I don't want them to go and kill him now. <sighs> and so what can I do? So everybody who was in that went and went to her post and told her, well, at this point, even if you went to the doctor, all it's going to be is for him to be comfortable. You better just say your goodbyes and start arranging everything now. Yeah. You're just hurrying the process along of killing him. And and the worst part is, is he wanted to get care and she wouldn't allow it. And they have two children, which scares the shit out of me for yeah, those kids. Sure, surely to some degree that is manslaughter. Or it entrapment. Should be. 
It should be, and it should be child endangerment. Mm. Um, but, and the uh, other one but they don't think so, and they'll cry. The one that genuinely makes me laugh is um, Jilly Juice. That's what got me into the community um, and got me thinking so much about being pro-vaccine and, and engaging in the debate and engaging in debunking pseudoscience as much as I try to. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, uh, Jilly Juice, you'll, if you do know Jilly Juice, you'll probably know it for the Dr. Phil episode that the lovely Gillian Eppley decided to... Um, grace her mm-hmm. presence on dr phil and um her her stance is that a lot of a lot of dietary related um pseudoscience is usually of the opinion that this thing called candida is uh, monstrous for your body and it's what mm-hmm. causes everything bad that happens to you um and her cure was that you mix kale or uh, mainly cabbage, with Himalayan salt in water. You leave it to um, do its thing for a couple of days, and then you've got to try and get to a point of drinking a gallon a day. And yeah. just so you have an understanding of how much salt content is in these drinks, it's about half the salt content of seawater. Yep, and, and that's so great for your body to ingest. Yeah, and... It basically just causes chronic diarrhea, like beyond yeah. what you can even imagine. And there are people that have had strokes. There are people that have died at her hands. She she likes to deny that it's it's because they weren't doing her protocol properly that they died and that they mm. was very ill and that they wasn't doing it correctly. It's nothing to do with the fact that she was pumping them with salt and encouraging it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... There are many, many videos of young kids claiming they've passed worms and parasites that is candida uh, because of being on the jilly juice um, movement. And at at its height, her movement had 60,000 fans on her her little jilly juice page. Then she went on to Dr. Phil and she claimed that... um, Jilly juice can reglow, regrow limbs and cure the gay. And the if you had any like surgery, so like if you had a metal hip or you had a a kidney from someone, get those removed because you'll regrow them from the the jilly juice and it won't be effective and it could be dangerous for you if you you have all these things. But a lot of these people market towards very, very sick individuals and, and very... For desperate people. Yeah, very desperate people, very um, ill-educated people. That, to give you guys that, uh, like a sure. little bit of a modern-day like uh, concept of this type of story, even though in this one they actually used real medical science, if anybody remembers Deadpool 1, which you all should because that was a fucking great movie, Yeah. Um, the reason why he goes and ends up getting mutated is because he's trying to find a, a non-traditional um, cure for his cancer, which is stage four lung cancer. Yep. So, and because he went and for that, uh, that that's how the whole story progresses. I'm not going to give any more spoilers to a movie, even though it's what, 
five years old down. <laughs> but that that's the same thing where he got desperate after trying all the regular avenues. Um, yeah, and it's not like people that are pro-vaccine and anti-pseudoscience and anti-quackery are saying, don't look for alternatives. We're just saying, be careful about the alternatives you choose. Do your research. Yep. Talk to your doctors because they know what they're talking about. Just yep. be safe and uh, just sum up the risks. Like, yeah. And as and far as wanted... alternative treatment goes, I'm definitely a fan. I'm a medical marijuana patient. That's still considered yeah. alternative treatment in the U.S. and most of the rest of the world, if it's even a possibility. And like, I have something called PMDD, which is like really bad PMS. And there's alternative therapy solutions saying that if you microdose magic mushrooms, that's supposed to be really beneficial for the condition. I believe. Hi, we're, that... hi, we're bringing you to Denver. They just legalized it there. Ooh, magic that, mushrooms. that would be interesting. Um, and they have I weed legal too. <laughs> But it's it's that conversation of it's okay to believe that we don't have it all figured out right now and that mm -hmm. in 10 years' time we might find some miraculous new discovery or something that works for some. But don't think you yeah. know better than people that have years of a, a medical education and a medical background. That Yeah, that because you spent 200 hours on Google doesn't give you a doctorate. Exactly. Um, we just we need to be more clued up we need to be more understanding of the other side as well okay it's cool we need to shout louder, louder than the ones who are shouting bullshit but, but at the same time we do need to listen to them we do need yes, to at times stop making the jokes and say mm -hmm. right let me understand why you believe this because then maybe I can understand how to to um, relax you and calm you down mm -hmm. and, and bring up things that might actually reassure you as to why to go and talk to your doctor and to trust your doctor and to trust Big Pharma and whatnot. Oh, I don't trust Big Pharma. I trust results. These vaccines, yeah. yes, there's such a real thing as a vaccine injury that happens on average, less than one, one in 100,000. Yeah. But it's not autism. It's usually something like an allergic reaction, which they treat at the hospital and it's taken care of. Yeah, and, and it's not like anyone that is pro-vaccine is saying that, you know, these things don't happen. We're not saying that there isn't a risk to taking vaccine, but there is mm -hmm. a risk to doing everything in life. We don't know what we're allergic to or what will react badly or sit badly with us but we're saying why should that jeopardize the the benefits that are more common and much more vast than these risks yep yep and listening to somebody who only does google research is kind of like having the guy who works uh, making fries that's never worked on a car in his life telling you how to do your brake job. Mm. Sure, you might be able to tr try and muddle through some of it, but more than likely, you're going to crash and burn because of what you just listened to from them. Yeah, and it's 
I always try and take a stance of if I don't understand something, explain it to me. Tell tell me why I'm wrong or, or tell me why I should be interested or 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 just educate me. I'm happy to listen if you think that I'm wrong. Just be prepared to give me ways to look into it myself and mm-hmm. sort of things that are statistically correct and scientifically correct. Because and not you... just some mommy mm-hmm. blog that says, I heard this on a website. Well, not even that, but if I say, come on, tell me why you are anti-vax, and they say, it's because I'm scared of this. No, I, I need your factual reasons for it. I know that everyone, each side of the argument, has a moral and emotional stance on it. Mm-hmm. I want to understand your factual and scientific stance on it so that I can develop where this conversation is going to head and where we stand mm-hmm. in it. Yep. And because you're, this celebrity said that it's true doesn't make it true. Jenny McCarthy is not a freaking scientist. <laughs> the British doctor who basically started this whole current anti-vax movement, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Kai, you might remember. Oh. But he I was completely kicked out of medicine because of the falsified study that he made that sparked all this. And he's dating an actress. I can't think of her name. Yeah. But yeah, he's but dating I can goddamn to you, that motherfucker was vaccinated when he was a kid. Let me see if I can find her name. Give me two seconds. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and Googling things is great, but when you're Googling, you need to have scientific ba- uh, backing. I know another one in, um, another one of their big popular things is to point to the, uh, what is it called? The Aver system which is a database that is run by the um, Centers for Disease Control in the U.S. But it's essentially unregulated message board where you can put whatever you want on there and you'll get percentages by the people that are searching or inputting or whatnot because of this. But they're not going and researching every one of these claims. So, exactly. it's, And they tell you that it's not backed by the CDC. It's just an uh, informational source that they provide. But it's, none of it is backed by the CDC unless it specifically said so. And also his name is Andrew Wakefield, I just thought. That's it. <laughs> I, I, I knew it started with a W. I couldn't remember what the first name yeah, was. I was going to say I, Paul. I, yeah, I could remember the W as well. But it's one name I, I always hear. Yeah. So, so basically what we're saying is the anti-vax movement's all the Brits' fault. Just kidding. Um, I just no, no response to that guy? I'm just trying to find his um, girlfriend's name. Yeah. I was really shocked by it because I was like, I swear it, I've it, seen it. It should only be Rosie Palmer and her five sisters because that motherfucker's killed. Uh, uh, is responsible for more deaths than anybody in the modern era, and I'm not counting the 40s before anybody comes at me for that. Elle McPherson is her name. Oh God, she's dating him. Yep. She was a freak. She's a supermodel. Well, former supermodel. For some of the guys in my generation, she's the reason why they hit puberty. <laughs> um, 
But the irony is, is when I was looking up her name, it said uh, mm-hmm. that she's a philanthropist. <laughs> sure yeah. she is, if she is dating one of the most prominent names in the anti-vax movement. That just yeah. screams that, doesn't it? And one of the most disgraced names in the medical community. Yeah. Yep, he's like poison on everyone's lips. It's him and Joseph Mengele, basically. <laughs> oh, I, I can agree to that. <laughs> And if anybody doesn't know who Joseph Mengele is, go read a goddamn history book. Yeah. It's only been 80 years. Come on. <laughs> yep. Well, if, if they're anti-vax, they're probably Holocaust deniers too, so let's, let's and not... And flat earthers. Let's just lump them all in. Flat earthers, anti-vaxxers, Holocaust but deniers. Unfortunately, though it is a, a generalization and a, a lumping together, it's typically so. I, I do. A lot of the uneducated anti-vaxxers are are usually of other movements, like mm-hmm. AIDS denialists, Holocaust denialists, nine eleven conspiracy theorists, or flat earthers. It there is a a huge community that interlinks like that. A lot more of the mm-hmm. people that try to take a more educated stance with their their anti-vaccine ways, or because of the reactions rather than the mercury and this, that, and the autism and all that crap. Yeah. If they try to take their their anti-vaccine stance more from a different, more ed- more yeah. sort of educated stance, usually. Which the mercury ingredient that they tried claiming all the time, thimerosal, hasn't been used in U.S. vaccines in over twenty years. Yep, it's not used in many vaccines, and I think there's only one vaccine that it is now in. In mm-hmm. America, and you can get mm-hmm. financial free versions. Yep. Yep. And so anybody who's trying to claim that crap is full of it, as well as all the... And it's made out of baby cells. They kill babies to do it. They use <laughs> stem cells, but they're not from a live baby or a dead baby or anything. They, and we're not stem cells for anybody who doesn't know. The way they get them is from the umbilical cord, which is going to be disposed of anyway, because... If you're they're one of those weird people that try to eat the umbilical cord, they got other problems anyway. But <laughs> yeah, that's like where the, they extract uh, them from. Nobody gets hurt for it. I don't know why that reminded me of. There's this a uh, type of uh, pregnancy pro- process um, post giving birth called uh, I think it's called lotus something or other, and it's where you keep the placenta <laughs> still attached for yeah. so many days. I think it's mm-hmm. like five days. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, that that baffles me and also grosses me out. Yeah, I can understand because also that's decayed and dead tissue at the end. Yeah, I can understand that it's from this very hippy dippy in touch with everything mm-hmm. stance, but it's still a bit peculiar to me. Yeah, and even though I have less of an issue with home birth pregnant people, um, unless they don't ever take the baby to the hospital. Um, they still have a little bit more credence to me because, yes, the mother's more relaxed and whatnot in a home birth. But the reason why pregnancies went to hospitals is because they were getting uh, failures rates really high. Because Mm. if something happened, if there was a bleed, if the baby had an issue, whatever, if you're home with a wet nurse, I mean, not a wet nurse, a midwife, forgive my slip there, um, they're not going to be able to deal with the same things that a 
fully trained OBGYN is in an operating or birthing room. They're going to be able to respond to things and there's a much greater likelihood of the, the child being good. And everybody with the home birth stuff though, says, that's not going to happen to me, but you don't fucking know. You could happen on your first kid. It could happen in your fifth kid. It could happen on your 50th kid. I'm not judging yeah. that part. Yeah. But, and, and the rates for complications and death in pregnancy is so high right now. And that's without, that's with the help of hospitals. It's just so scary. And the, the, I heard the scariest fucking thing in my entire lifetime the other day. Yeah. Because of the anti-vax movement now, there are several medical equipment companies in the U.S. that are now making like a more modern, updated version and a, uh, even portable versions of iron lungs, essentially. Jesus Christ. Because they have a feeling that if, the polio, if polio starts coming back, which they're expecting it to because of the anti-vax movement, which the World Health Organization recently just declared as the number one health crisis in the world, um, that they're going to need them. And they don't want to try and put them in rehashed designs from the 40s and 50s. So they're working on trying to make a modern equivalent that'll still do the job, but give people a little more freedom. Which is still ridiculous. um, Every breath is because of a machine sucking your chest wall out. That's not a life. In this situation where it's like we can see the four horsemen of the apocalypse on on the horizon and of sort of the apocalypse of our Western democracy and ideals and mm-hmm. um, medical pseudoscience is definitely up there. Yep. As well as uh, sort of anti-democratic stances mm-hmm. like how we have with our anti-abortion movements going on right now. Uh, yeah. Genuinely it's terrifying and I feel sorry for so many girls that are going yep. for it because the statistics are, are one in four girls will have an abortion before they're 45, at least in the UK. Yep. So that's a lot of girls you're going to be putting in prison. And, and just to give a little tie-in to the two topics besides the fact that we're pissed about them, remember that women's health issues also go along with where a lot of women and girls weren't able to get the HPV vaccine um, up until very recently in the U.S. And by recently, I mean 10, 15 years. I can't remember when it really started going mainstream. Well, but, I was when I was in secondary school, mm-hmm. I was the sort of the first proper year where the HPV vaccine came to the U.K. I think mm-hmm. I was the, the first year that that they really started making it more of a requirement and really started pushing it and started mm-hmm. sending the nurses to the schools and getting as many of the girls to, to agree to it as possible. Yep. So it's kind of baffling for me to think of those times where we didn't have it because I've just been mm-hmm. brought into a generation where we very luckily do. Because yep. it's, and it's just starting to get far is so enough. Common and it's so dangerous. And it's just starting to get from those periods now where... We're starting to see the fact that cervical cancer is plummeting in the rates of areas where people have really wide, uh, wide screen and wide scale adopted the HPV vaccine. And the only thing that's changed in that period is the vaccine. So 
it's not like, oh, they found some other drug treatment that's helping to stop it. No, it's the vaccine's working as it's supposed to be. Mm. And I think I mean, that's if, what people if, didn't realize is that it was so beneficial for for cancer. It wasn't just this sexual thing. And, and that yep. is what really played on parents' heartstrings with mm-hmm. the original sort of step, the obstacles it had to face. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it was just sort of getting to that period where it was becoming a thing here, we had a very big celebrity called Jade Goody who mm-hmm. had a very open battle with cancer, which I believe was um, cervical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she made a reality TV show of her final period of time before she passed away of mm-hmm. her life battling cancer. And I think that was a big eye-opener for us in the UK, honestly. Mm-hmm. If when you sit back and look at it, which, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that she, she took that sacrifice of spending her last days with cameras mm. pointing in her face because I think it really did open up some people's eyes. Yep. And Kind of, although I'm not going to equate the two completely, but it's kind of like how um, in the 80s, AIDS was so taboo to talk about because it was only a gay man's disease and then it was only a drug user's disease. Yeah, And then it started to explode everywhere, and everybody was really not wanting to talk about it. But uh, there was a certain British celebrity, I'm sure Kyle will know who I'm talking about, that uh, died of it, that didn't tell anybody he had it until the day before he died, that yeah. they just made a movie last year that involved his life. I, uh, Ty, can you tell them exactly who I'm talking about? <laughs> You're talking about the wonderful Freddie Mercury, who's yeah. an absolute angel, honestly. When he died, and then when, especially when they had the, uh, the concert at Wembley for the Phoenix Trust, that's when I can remember, because I remember when Eddie, uh, Freddie was alive, and I remember before like Magic Johnson got it, that was a real wide, wide awakening for all the sports guys, because yeah. it's Magic Johnson, that motherfucker bangs every woman around, and how did he get this shit? And yep. Magic Johnson's been diagnosed with the disease and out about it i think for about 25 years at this point and he's still doing great and then i also remember i don't know if kai's ever seen this but real world san francisco here um I've there was it. pedro zamora pedro zamora was on it and he had aids and he was very open about it and that's what really hit my generation a little bit of the generation before me because you didn't know somebody who had AIDS that was that open to talk about it. And you could go on and watch and Pedro would talk about it whenever he was asked on the show. It's not something he slammed in people's faces, but if he, they wanted to discuss it, he'd tell them his experiences. And sadly, he lost his life to the AIDS virus. But one of the things that he was great about with doing it is because of the fact that he went on the show, the fact that he showed his healthy relationship with his boyfriend, um, who at that time they still couldn't get married or even have a domestic partnership legally in the U.S. at that time. That brought a lot of those issues forward to the generation that I am and, like I said, a little bit before me because we grew up with that show and we everybody knew Pedro, so to speak. So you finally yeah. knew somebody who had these issues. 
And I think that's what's very unfortunate about my generation is I can't speak for everyone that's kind of early 20s, early, late teens, but there's no real voice that represents the HIV and AIDS crisis that happened. Is there, There's no one that we look up to and that we see as this big shining light other than Freddie Mercury. And even then... Yep. Like and I, even more so, that's that's a bigger thing in Britain too. Yeah, um, but very very recently, it was in the past five years, um, a very very famous um, panto and theatre celebrity who was very openly gay. He went onto this show and he made a load of very biphobic comments, especially mm-hmm. relating to the AIDS epidemic, and. Yeah. He said that it was bisexuals that that caused the AIDS epidemic, and as a result, mm-hmm. he did get kicked off of this reality show because of these comments he'd made. As he should, and yeah, very rightfully so. And to be honest, it's the only time this said reality show has done any justice towards mm-hmm. showing the unfair political stances aren't tolerated. They'd, yeah. they'd had a lot of very right wing people on just for for views. Um, so for them to take the stance was brilliant because it brought me into this world of this new level of hatred that I'd never seen before. I just thought, how can someone be so vile and be mm-hmm. so misjudged, especially someone that was there that lived through that generation that probably saw people suffer? And admired people that suffered to to take such a openly hateful stance really colored my view of him and i i I've, I've really looked up to the guy because a lot of us do mm-hmm. and um I will never watch his anything he's on now because I think he's a disgusting human being for what he said i mm-hmm. as a bisexual person have to deal with a lot of very hateful things very vengeful things being said about bisexuals Mm -hmm. and you know for for him to to bring that into a debate that is nothing about sexuality and Mm -hmm. has been so pained by it being made about sexuality when it isn't Mm -hmm. was just so small-minded and so sickening it's painful to watch Yep, and just like, I mean, even though I knew they weren't the most, uh, um, I should say, good uh, examples as far as modern society goes, uh, when it first came out, I used to watch the show Duck Dynasty. And it wasn't really because of the fact that I was really engrossed in what they were doing or anything, but it was a semi-entertaining show. But then the old, the old man, uh, Phil Robertson, I believe his name is now, because I can't remember. I haven't watched that show since its first season. Came out and made all the comments that he did about gay people and, um, and especially gay men and whatnot. And even though I'm, I'm quote unquote, the joke I've always said is I'm Tumblr's enemy because I'm a white heterosexual middle, uh, late thirties <laughs> male. But I'm yeah. not down with any of that shit that he was saying. Kai, Kai knows I'm very, very. I'm not even going to say comfortable, but I'm very, very accepting with everything. 
Yeah. Because there's there's certain degrees of anything that somebody could be uncomfortable with. And I don't know if I have those limits or whatnot. So I'm not going to exclude that I could. But I, I'm very, very excited. Both of us are the sort of person that if we're talking about a hard topic, even if we mm -hmm. were to be uncomfortable, we understand the necessity of still having that conversation despite feeling mm -hmm. uncomfortable, despite our personal feelings on it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those things that when you are mature and intelligent about a conversation, you'll have a direct, you'll have an open conversation with somebody. When it degrades into name calling or accusations or whatnot, that's not mature. You're not a mature person. You're just trying to slam your viewpoint in at the other person instead of listening and interpreting. Yeah, and, and that is the very key part of that is you're not listening. Once you resort to being that way, it's clear the conversation is over. There's there's nothing going in, mm. even if you do carry on talking. Yeah, and that's the equivalent of when you're a kid going, this is what I think, and you're going to talk now, blah, 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 I can't hear you. Mm. Or even um, I dated someone that had a lot of family issues, and we was talking to one of our like senior staff in our college about it, how to, mm -hmm. to get through and reason with a certain family member in his family who he's having issues with and mm. she said as soon as voices are raised the understanding is switched off there's mm -hmm. it's not going in so the best thing to say is to just take a step back or say i'm sorry or let's just end this conversation here because neither of us are listening and, and yep. are, are coherent in this conversation and are fully invested in this yeah and i uh, um just to, because we're already well over an hour at this point um we're gonna start wrapping up momentarily but kai if you have any final thoughts about anything we talked about today feel free i i think that we have shown what needs to be done in america and a lot of western mm -hmm. society and european society as well and and a conversation is needed and everyone needs to start talking to each other, start reasoning and being reasonable. And instead of making it a screaming match, we need to sit down and say, right, how can we be civil about this? Even if we never agree, how can mm -hmm. we at least have in mind things for the greater good? Yep. Exactly. So, after all those topics, all I'm going to say at the end here is if you liked what you listened to today, feel free to listen to more. We have plenty of podcasts out there right now. You can find it. And instead of going through the whole list anymore, because now it's over 20 places that you can find the podcast, I'm just going to say basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast, we're there now. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you want to support us besides listening to it, you are more than welcome to. They have monthly tier systems on Anchor, similar to like how Twitch does for the gaming people. Um, and it's to get to that, it's anchor.fm slash bored as hell slash support. Once again, um, anchor.fm slash bored as hell slash support. And also another thing I'd just like to add before we do go is, is if you care about any of the topics that we've talked about enough, there are so many charities out there to go and support. If there is something you care about right now and you want to be part of the conversation and you can't go fly to America and go protest 
people that are anti-abortion or you can't lobby for pro-vaccine awareness. There are so many charities out there you can support and there are so many good causes that you can give to and so many places that you can help raise awareness online and just engage in conversation and show people what resources are out there because some people won't know. And one thing that I will tell everybody too, if you're not an American, even though 83% of our audience, according to our analytics that I looked at just before we started it, are from <laughs> the US. If you're not from the US, which if you're from the US, reach out to your congressmen, your senators the fe- at the federal level. If you're from those states, reach out at the local level. But reach out to the federal le- levels for you, the, your representatives and tell them what you think about this. It's if so they're getting crazy. bombarded, they will take care of it. And for anybody who's not an American, and yes, even though we know Canadians are just Americans with a nicer attitude, <laughs> um, if you're not an American, there's one thing that most people don't realize you can easily do. Call your government. Tell them that you think that they should be uh, talking to the Americans about this as a uh, public policy. Because if you start talking to your government enough, they will start shouting at ours. And we may be the most powerful country in the world. And I was doing finger quotes. That's why I did that voice. (laughs) But if we're getting hit by every one of our allies about something, we're going to look at it. Yeah, exactly. It's just so crucial to... If you believe something is not right, speak and look for the resources to to help and be a part of the conversation. Yep. So sure. Exactly. So once again, I want to thank everybody for joining us. As always, um, you can find me on Twitter at Maladies of Me, M-A-L-A-D-E-S-O-F-M-E-E. Um, and you can find our Instagram which, Kai, I'll tell you the name, Instagram name. Uh, and, Kai, go uh, ahead and give your, your social shout, too. Okay. So, our uh, podcast um, Instagram is the Borders Hell podcast. Um, very simple to find. If you can't find it through there, you can probably find it linked on my Instagram, which is uh, Kai M. Stokes. And at some point, I'm trying to focus on directing my attention to a bit towards youtube so you might find me there at some point soon and once you do you'll see kaya is gonna immediately be putting it on to the podcast instagram once we've done it and we do have a podcast twitter which i am really really freaking lazy about going on um i think it's been like five months since i've even looked at it but i promise i'm gonna start doing it because i'm also gonna start tweeting out every episode as long with our cast and whatnot, who, who the cast links and whatnot. And I'll direct for photos to the Instagram once they're all updated. Um, yeah. I know Kai's had a lot going on, so she hasn't been able to tackle that much. But I can't falter since literally I haven't looked at Twitter in five months. <laughs> all right. But I want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, we'll see you on the next one. And it should not be very long before we do another one and have it up for y'all. I know I promised that a lot, but uh, my mental commitment right now is at the latest within two weeks. So. Yeah, sounds like a plan. <laughs> all right. Well, we appreciate you all listening. You have a great rest of your weekend day. Thanks for listening to Board of Hell.